Hello, and welcome to the Digital Workspace Works podcast. I'm Ryan Purvis, your host, supported by our producer Heather Bicknell. In this series, you'll hear stories and opinions from experts in the field, stories from the front lines, the problems they face and how they solve them, the areas they're focused on from technology, people and processes, to the approaches they took that will help you to get to the scripts for the digital workspace inner workings. I'm doing just okay this morning. Had some bad insomnia last night, so do what I can to bring the energy, but I'm running on not a lot of sleep. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. I don't, don't have that problem per se. I've, I've damaged my shoulder somehow. So um, my left shoulder, which is the shoulder I normally sleep on. So I wouldn't say I had insomnia. I just, every time I rolled over while I was sleeping onto my shoulder, I would wake up and go, that's not a good idea. Um, but, I, I, you know, I'm very glad to be in South Africa because I went to saw a doctor this morning. They pumped me full of painkillers and uh, I'm going to go for a sonar this week. Um, so, yeah, uh, proactive care has, has engaged. I'm hoping to be covered by, by the weekend. Yeah, fingers crossed for sure. Yeah. So. Well, <laughs> what a day. Um, I think this actually is sort of a good segue into what we chatted about um, covering today which is an update on the four-day work week, yep. which there's been a pilot that has been concluded. It was across a few countries, U.S., Ireland, um, with a few dozen companies, a few hundred employees, and the results were super positive. And then there's the larger 3,000-employee um, group-sized U.K. study uh, as well, that is wrapping up now, and then more results to come from that one in February. But both studies seemed incredibly positive so far. The first one, all companies involved said they'd continue to do it. 97% of employees who participated were positive on it. And similarly, the larger UK one, results are coming back super positive as well. I think something the high 80s of companies said that they would be continuing uh, the practice. And one of the benefits that they pointed to is actually uh, employee health, things like sleeping better um, because, you know, all of the habits you can fit into another day or the mental relief of, of having one. So four-day work week, it seems to work. Well, it, it makes sense. I mean, I, I, I'd love to find the person that decided that we had to work five days and take five days of working and two days off whenever that came about and um, slap them on the back of the head and go, what were you thinking? Um, because, you know, without even having to, you know, without even having to do the science, it's just logical that you, it's not so much about productivity, but it's, it's energy management. And you can't bring at least you know, maybe you can when you're a youngster, but but the older they get, you can't you can't keep bringing the same amount of energy every day. You know, relentlessly. You need, you need time to think, and you need time to explore other things. Uh, it's it's just natural, and it's it's I think 
someone said it to me, I think it was one of the CIOs that I spoke to, that all technology has done right now is enabled us to be more saturated with busy work. And if you think about the the back-to-back meetings and because now you don't have to commute somewhere, you could just do meeting after meeting after meeting. You don't actually have space to do any work or take the time off. Uh, we've talked about you know, various techniques to, to mitigate that. It does make sense that we, we almost need to break the cycle with something else in four days a week of working. And, and I think you, know, you can practice that without actually even having your company necessarily give you the, four, the fifth day off by you know, not having any meetings on a day. Um, and you know, using that as a day just to do, you know, disconnect and do some stuff, whatever that stuff is. It's funny that you say that because one of the points that's been the sort of the history here is that the five-day work week is basically a century-old concept. We used to have a six-day work week, and then Henry Ford with the you know the efficiencies uh, that he was sort of pioneering with the assembly line, basically to get more out of workers. He proposed a five-day work week, and they moved down to it. And you know, we've we've done this before. Basically, we've reduced the days because what they found was that people were actually more productive when they were there. So it it was a net benefit. It wasn't even trying to you know just be. Uh, it was actually prof. It was it made economic sense, profitable sense for the companies to um, to make that switch. So. I think you hit the nail on the head that we have all this technology now and really at the core of it, if you think about it, you know, we're human beings with one life to live and time is our most precious resource. And mm-hmm. we have this technology now that should be bettering our lives and enabling us to do things like work less and do more of what we enjoy. So the fact that we haven't made that much progress despite the rapid advancements in technology, yeah, it's not just about um, productivity and effectiveness because, again, all of these studies from the four-day work week so far have shown either similar productivity results or actually improvements when shrinking people's schedules. I mean, if you look at the way that... that technology has made things more continuously available. And if you go back, and I was talking to my, um, well, I won't, I won't mention who it was, but let's say he's in his late 70s, uh, chairman of a board of a company, and, you know, he sees himself as, as tech savvy. But he was telling me about, like, when he started, you know, we were playing golf, and he, he was telling me about the first time he came to South Africa. You know, he was 21, just finished his, his degree, came out of the UK, took a boat down here, took three weeks to get here. And then he traveled around the country for two years on a, you know, he came here for one year, ended up spending two as an engineer doing all sorts of stuff. And he said, you know, I was using pen and paper and, you know, I was, my reports had to be typed and, you know, typing it on an electric typer, a typewriter, it was a huge like advantage. Um, and, you know, he remembers having a team of typers sitting in a room writing reports and 
you know, having to submit his report and having to submit it by a certain date, not because it was the deadline, but it was the deadline for it to get on the ship to get back to the UK so he'd meet his other deadline. Now, you know, you fast forward to now, you know, if you say you're going to send an email by 12 o'clock and you haven't sent it by 12 o'clock, you know, someone's going to phone you and say, hey, where's that email you said you'd send at 12 o'clock? Because it should be, you know, instantaneous. And, and that's a good thing and a bad thing, but it does create this anxiety. And I think this is what, what COVID was good for a lot of people, that actually stop people, maybe people stop for a second and go, hang on, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. So not necessarily the great resignation, but the great contemplation and then doing the right things. And I think the resistance to going back to the office is not so much going back to the office, but going back to the old patterns of, you know, nine to five factory mindset, be in the office, be available. And, and I'm not saying people shouldn't work five or six days a week if you want to. You know, that, that's entirely up to you and your personal circumstances and, and what you're working on and, and all that sort of stuff. I think, you know, I, I love working. It's one of my, you know, my, my wife hates it because we've got a holiday. I'll be like, well, I've relaxed now for two days. You know, I want to go and do some work now. She's like, yeah, but you've got to spend time with the kids. I said, listen, I bought the kids. I feed the kids. I swim with the kids in the morning. I've done all that stuff. You know, they want to go do their thing. I want to go work. You know, that's what I want to go and do. So, you know, there's people like that. Um, but I think when it's when it's mandated, I think this is where the where, where this four, four day work week provides more flexibility. It's mandated to be in the office nine to five, five days a week. And it now can shift to a, four day a week, and I use inverted commas, where you're now not necessarily mandated to be available, those things, but your results are intended. Now, there are obviously going to be jobs where you're going to be available to people, you know, in, in an acceptable time frame, like a doctor or a lawyer or, or whatever. But, you know, if you think about it, again, coming back to the technology, if you've got the, the sort of work phone, personal phone divide, you can be available on your work phone 24-7, seven days a week if you want, or you can set schedules to be available. Um, I think we talked about my CTO as a service thing, where if you you can hire me at different levels, and at different levels you can get different access, accessibility to me. Um, and then that was based on an example I saw of someone saying, if you if you pay this much, you can phone me 24/7. If you pay me this much, which is a lot less, you only get allowed 60 minutes a month or something um, for phone calls. You know th- those sorts of things. And I think this is what it was opening up to. Now, what I'm trying to get to in a long-winded way is. Each person has that should have that choice to say, well, I'm prepared to work my ass off for to deliver these X, Y, and Z. And if I deliver those things in three days or two days or four days or whatever it is, and I don't want to work on the fifth day or I want to spend the fifth day doing something else, I should be able to do that without sacrificing the salary that I would have got if I'd worked five days. And and the reason why this is such a fundamentally different mindset is. Pearson's law will tell you that you'll expand the amount of work you've got to do to the amount of time you've got. Um, so when you cut it back to four days, you still get the same amount of work done. In fact, you'll get more done initially because you're so worried about overrunning into your fifth day because you don't want to ruin your fifth day. And obviously, over time, you'll get to a point where you know, you, you're now doing the same amount of work you would have done in five days and four days, but without that stress of, well, I've got to get this done or else. And yes, you can overflow into the fifth day if you need to, but in the same token, you can... You know, that's 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 been an, an adult and, and deciding on, you know, how you want to manage your time to deliver your your results. Where I think it becomes challenging is in leadership roles or um, roles where there's always a fire draw. And you're now at five o'clock on a Thursday supposed to be going off. 
you know, because now Friday is your day and now there's an emergency and you're going to be involved, you know, how, how do you do? Do you hold fast to your boundary or do you say, well, this is the exception and, you know, there's an exception to every rule. Um, and then it's up to some sort of matrix to say, well, you know, in these conditions, I'll be available on the fifth day. But usually I'm going to be on the golf course or I'm going to be doing a new skill or whatever it is. I'm going for training every Friday, that sort of thing. I watched a, a video of Adam Grant addressing a room of CEOs on this topic and sort of his tongue-in-cheek pitch of the four-day work week to them was that if your employees work four days a week, then maybe you can reduce your days you work to five or six. So hopefully there's some knock-on benefit. But yeah, I think you're right. There's always, um, there's going to be exceptions. There's going to be different roles and different um, levels within an organization that will need to be more always on and, you know, in theory are getting compensated for sort of having to deal with that kind of, I mean, they, they do get compensated for having, well, at the executive level for dealing with that additional stress and always on and the lifestyle, like that's kind of part of what you sign up for if you, the more you climb the food chain. But I think the, the really crux of the, the issue of the four day work week or the 32 hour work week um, which is a different way to be thinking about it, spreading out those hours. I think you're right around the the appeal of this is very similar to remote flexible work, which is that 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 flexibility with your time and the opportunities that opens up for even things like childcare and elder care and you know, just making life work easier because you have that yeah the flexibility my brain's breaking a little bit because of the the insomnia <laughs> so there we go no no that's fine. <laughs> and, I th- and you mentioned some very important stuff there i mean and, and that is the point is that you know if, if if you look at the the child care costs in the uk australia in fact i was talking to my my son's teacher yesterday um she's australian she married south africa then went back to australia with the intention of living there and they had a third kid which was unplanned and she said it's just she could they couldn't afford it there was just just no way and the only way to to live there was for her not to work and her husband to work full-time plus you know another job you know some sort of other other income and you know we we, we weren't seeing the same thing personally in, in the uk but we know it in the uk where you know, people are struggling with the cost of childcare, and and women typically are working part time in a job. They're working sort of three days a week, and then you know, two days they are looking after kids and stuff. And this sort of four, and and and, and they're taking obviously a, a prorata to pay for that, so they're losing two of the five days a week to do that. Now, in this sort of scenario, they'd be getting one day back, but not changing their lifestyle too much. And if you dropped it to the, in that case, to three days a week, they may be, they're only losing a tenth as opposed to a twentieth of 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 the original salary, which would make a huge difference. And and you know that that feeds into to the future of a of a, of a country where you know that extra ten percent of income will will be used to child to give the child more uh, what's the word not stimulation but more opportunities 
because there's this funding there. Um, and what's happening now at the moment is because everyone's been forced into a, this five-day mindset, it's it, it doesn't work out that way. It becomes quite a big drop to to go down to three days a week. And the reality is a lot of these these women, and, and I say it's women because most of the women that I've spoken to are doing this. Guys don't tend to do it typically. It's like one in ten versus, you know, um, seven in ten in comparison. You know, they, they've got the time. Once the kids are asleep and once the kids are – or past a certain point, they're napping, but they've got time to work, but then they don't do the work because they're not going to get paid for that work, and they've already done the household stuff and all the rest of it that they would have been there do anyway. So you're kind of missing an opportunity here to give people that want to work the opportunity to do the Technology again has enabled that. You know, these these are people that are carrying a cell phone that they can do a lot of their work on. And I think this is the other thing where technology could enable this four-day or results orientated work because some of the work you actually do is information moving. You know, it's it's making a phone call, it's sending an email, it's writing a report, it's you know all these things you can do on your phone. I mean, I've written plenty. I'm sure you have, like you know, long emails explaining what needs to happen with something, and then you just get, when you get home, you take the email and you convert that into the PowerPoint you're going to do. But you've used the time wisely because the technologies allows you to use it wisely. And if you look at where, and I, and I know we were going to try to use chat GDP to, to help us to come up with topics and stuff, but if you look at how that has changed things just in a couple of weeks, so many people where they're just writing a structured paragraph to this AI that's taking that and it's doing something with it and giving you back a product that you can just tailor. I mean, I was talking to someone yesterday who built a full application. It's gone into production. 95% of that application was built by chat GDP, 5% by him. And, and he had to move two buttons around and two text boxes. To finish it and it's gone into production that would have taken him you know in his mind probably two three maybe four weeks to write to test it all the rest of it you know that that's a further enablement now if if he was sitting in in the office without chat gpt and spending the whole time building that thing versus being clever and using the tools available to him and now doing it in a, in a thing now, does he get, should he get the three weeks back? Should he be allowed to just go do three weeks of whatever the hell he likes because he's used the tools, the technology, et cetera, to deliver something? Um, or now that he's got something out of the way, he can go to the next thing, but he's using his time you know, smartly or intelligently or, or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, it's not incentivizing efficiency. And I think that's a very interesting point you brought up on the intersection of tools like chat, GTP that do have the potential to unlock sort of a whole new level of efficiency, productivity from using technology in a in a new way that, you know, the more we leverage things like that and don't adjust any working practices around it, it does create, yeah, either you're disincentivizing employees to use tools in the most effective way or just continuing to increase productivity at an exponential rate well, and get more and more and more and more done. Yeah. I mean, yeah, go back to those old practices, you know, presenteeism, the amount of people that are mm-hmm. still joining call and you have like 11, 13 people on the call and three people are just talking. And it's like, what the rest are you here for? Once time you're learning anything by listening, you're probably all doing your own email or, or whatever you do. But, but to be present on the call so that they look like they're doing something, inverted commas, you know, there's your fifth day easily because there's plenty of people that just 
join calls for the sake of joining a call, that could get the transcript, again, generated by AI. And I mean, there's, there's some great tools out there. And I'm trying to think of the one that, I think it's Filament. I think it's Filament that you just, you include that in the meeting invite. And it, and it's, and it takes all the actions down out of the call for you and sends you an email afterwards. Uh, and that's been around for ages, you know, two years, I think, three years. You know, when you start looking at the amount of time that's wasted, and I think this is, again, where technology can be helpful, and I'm not going down the necessarily uh, black ops, you know, what are you doing on your screen all day long? But, you know, if you're on a call for five minutes and you're not going to add value, you just say, look, guys, I'm not going to, I'm going to leave. I've got, I can't, I've got nothing to add here to buy. And then the AI would pick up or the platform would pick up that you've left and send you the summary of the meeting because you were an attendee. So you get the summary and any actions. And if there was something that was relevant, then you could still follow up and, and get involved. Um, but it's particularly you know, the actions because you weren't there. But that's, you know, one of those things. But but that's a that gives you back that fifth day without a doubt. And, if, and, and you know, the, the way that some of these tools, Teams and Slack and, and all that are, are being evolved they're becoming more and more asynchronous and i think this is where the where the, the value really comes in as being asynchronous because that four days as you said it's 32 hours spread across the week is it spread across five days four days seven days six days i i think it's up to you as long as as long as it makes sense for the business i mean obviously if you're in a support desk like a shift world where there's, there's overlaps and all that kind of stuff you need to be available and that sort of thing then then that needs to be a, a known quantity i think you can just go off and do your own thing i think it needs to be transparent but as long as people like you know know that you're going to you're going to check if they send an email on monday you'll get a response at least within 24 hours that you've read the email or whatever it is then that's probably fine it's like a little bit of ground rules or just engagement whatever it is i think technology can help with that i think it's just the more we can reduce the overload the better the quality of what work is outputted and having time to think about stuff and and not be distracted by, you know, 16 teams messages that have been popping through while we've been talking, the better. Which reminds me, I need to turn off my team's notifications. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, very well said. And unfortunately, I need to to run to my next thing. But um, yeah, it seems, well, I think we should definitely revisit this topic again in February once the results from that bigger UK study come out and just keep talking about it because um, I think there's opportunity here for this to be really the next big sea change in, in how we work. So. Without a doubt. And well, one last thing, and I think that's where the, where the gig economy will come into it. And you're seeing it with freelancers, you're seeing it with, with someone, think, and to, sort of a closing point, you're seeing it with some countries now. Dubai has offered a freelancer visa. If you can prove that you earn, I think it's 4,000 euros a month or something, you can come live in Dubai for five years. And there's a lot of countries doing that. There's probably about 20 or 30. I think South Africa's got one as well now, where it gives you a work permit for a period of time to come in and work. And then they, they don't they don't care as a country what your working patterns are. But that what, what you do do by doing that is you bring in people earning foreign currency, which stimulates your economy. And it, and it's and it's a uh, you know I think it's a powerful thing. In order to and immigrants make you know seven times more money for a country than 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 the uh, the natural person. So you want immigrants, which is an interesting point of view. Yeah, that's um, yeah another interesting point. I think there's so much to to keep digging into on this topic, and we can revisit more again around those 
you know, the benefits that we're seeing both to uh, in the employee and the employer. And then, yeah, thinking about the larger systems at play. Um, Good stuff. Cool. Thanks for that. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Heather Bicknell is our producer and editor. Thank you, Heather, for your hard work on this episode. Please subscribe to the series and rate us on iTunes or the Google Play Store. Follow us on Twitter at the DWW Podcast. The show notes and transcripts will be available on the website, www.digitalworkspace.works. Please also visit our website, www.digitalworkspace.works, and subscribe to our newsletter. And lastly, if you found this episode useful, please share with your friends or colleagues.